Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our authentic Becoming an Acts 2 Church series. This series looks at several things the early church embraced that we can devote ourselves to today. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. Once again, we're, we're glad you're here. At this time, we're going to release kids age four through grade eight to go to their classes. As we, uh, we come in here today, I, I, I want to pause in a couple of prayers. We had a medical emergency during the first service. Uh, Raymond Miller, some of you know him, he, he was taken to the hospital. Um, he's at the hospital. He's getting care. So I just want to pray for Raymond and his wife and his, his son right now. Uh, Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that Raymond is getting the care he needs. Lord, we pray for healing over his body. Lord, we praise you that, that, that you have gifted uh, medical personnel with, uh, uh, with gifts to bring healing. And so, Lord, use it to heal his body. We pray for peace for his wife and peace for his son and for all of us who know and love him. And we pray this in your name. Amen. We're in the middle of this series uh, called Authentic. And we've been, we've been parked on a verse from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42. And uh, I want to encourage you just to, to spend some time meditate on, meditating on it, uh, just to ask God to speak to you. And, and somebody said, well, how do you meditate? And I, I love uh, what Pastor Rick Warren says. He says, if you know how to worry, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Anybody know how to worry? Yeah, I know how to worry. So if you could take that skill and do it with scripture, whoa, what would God do in our lives? So I, I want to encourage you to do that. So this is what we've been learning. Uh, we've been learning that, uh, that God desires for us to be this kind of person. And this comes from Acts 2.42. It talks about the early churches. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. And so what we've been looking at all this series is an Acts 2 church, an Acts 2 follower of Jesus prays with people and prays for people. And we kicked off 21 days of prayer uh, during this season, and, and God just blessed us. I, even if you weren't able to be there, I believe God blessed us. You know, so an Acts 2 church prays. Uh, an Acts 2 church honors God's word. Look, that is our, our sole authority is God's word. That's what we will always stick to as a church. But Acts 2 followers of Jesus need to do that, not just in church, but outside of church. Yeah, we said uh, Acts 2 uh, Christ followers uh, will be authentic. Uh, you know when somebody's being fake with you. Uh, so we need to be real with each other, all right? We need to, we need to be real and talk. And look, we need to have face-to-face conversations, not, uh, not on the tangent side. We need to meet together. Uh, we, we learned that an authentic Christ follower uh, will be committed to community. You know, that's, that's why we're doing this dinner out. We're making it easy one time. To break bread together, as it says in Acts 2, to, to have community, an opportunity to get to know somebody that you haven't known. You know, there's a whole bunch of people who have said, my house is open. You can sign up for it online. We encourage you to don't, don't miss that opportunity to do that. And finally, you read these scriptures and you see that an Acts 2 church, an Acts 2 Christ follower 
is generous. And so that's what we're going to look at today. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, as we come in here today, we recognize that you're our provider. You give us everything, whether we recognize it or not. And Lord, we know from the truth of your word that you loved us and you loved everybody in the world so much that you gave. You gave your only son, Jesus Christ, to come to earth, to live, to suffer on our behalf and to die. And you raised him back to life. And you've said that anybody who believes in that truth will not die, but will have eternal life. Lord, you're an amazing giver. So, Lord, I pray right now that you would give us ears to hear and give us eyes to see and that you would speak to us, that that we would seek to be like you, generous, a giver. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let me dispel anybody thinking, oh, man, I have picked the wrong Sunday to come here. All right? Bear with me, okay? Give me a chance. Here's what you need to see about an Acts 2 church. An Acts 2 church takes care of needs. An Acts 2 church takes care of needs. So Acts 2 followers of Jesus should take care of needs. Look at Acts chapter 4. We read this. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them brought the money from the sales and put it, in, put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Now, some people are going to say, well, that's socialism. Bear with me. That's not socialism. That's generosity. That's generosity. So the Christ followers in the early church took care of one another. If there was somebody in need, they met that need. And again, they did it because God is a giver and he calls his children to be givers. You can't be in Christian community. You can't be in a relationship with followers of Jesus Christ if you don't open up your life and listen and care and give. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote in his letter named after him, James, these words. He said, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. You know, the apostle James, the brother of Jesus, is getting in the face of the church and saying, listen, Christians, if you say you believe in Jesus but it doesn't change the way you live your life. Your faith is dead. Because if Jesus has come into your life, if you truly believe in him, Scripture says you'll be a new person. The old is gone. The new has come. And that will give you a heart and a passion for people, an empathy, a sympathy for people that have needs. So it's telling us that. But then it's getting even more practical. As a brother or a sister in Christ, If you see somebody in need, you can't just say, well, I hope God takes care of that and goes on by. You can't do that. Now, I'm not saying you have to be able to to provide for all of their needs, but you need 
be compassionate and caring and do what you can. You may not have the, the physical resources to have, but you may know where to look to find them. So you need to come alongside them. Look, as a church, we put a stake in the ground that we will be generous and we will facilitate generosity. So, so let me just address the obvious. The people who call this church home are generous people. They're generous givers. Uh, your tithes, your offerings that you give to God through the church fund this ministry. They support missionaries around the world. By the way, 10% of our general offering, offer, offerings we use for missions around the world and in our backyard, like Hartford. Uh, you support ministry in this community. You support ministry uh, that happens here on this campus. Uh, you support the, the things that we do with children and students. And God is, a do, is doing amazing things through your generosity. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity. And, and as Paul would say, continue to excel in the grace of giving. But you're also generous with your time and your talent. You know, this church is, is led by elders, and, and then we have staff, but, it, but it's really run by volunteers. And, and all of you give your time and talent, and you do things like clean the building and teach children about Jesus. You work with students and help them understand that Jesus loves them. You lead life groups where you help adults grow deeper in their relationship with Jesus. You teach classes. You lead us in worship. You count the offering. You serve on dozens and dozens of ministry teams. You go around the world and serve in missions. Uh, we, I, can't, I can't name everything you do with your time and your talent. Some of you have time to give, significant time. Thank you. Some of you have specific talents that are needed in the body of Christ, and you use them that way. Thank you. It's a blessing. There's another way that you're generous, too. Not only do you give to the church, you give to those in need in the church, and you give to those in need in the community. Valleybrook has put a stake in the ground. We will never let anyone inside the church or outside the church that we know of go hungry or be cold. We will feed people who are hungry and we will make sure that there is heat for their house. That's a stake that we put in the ground. So here, listen, if you know somebody who, who can't afford to heat their house, uh, let us know. If you know somebody who can't put food on their table, let us know. All right? We can't make mortgage payments or, or car payments, but we can make sure people don't go hungry and are not cold. So that's our stake on the ground. But, but you know, alongside those, those needs, you know, we do things like this. You, you know, just recently we, found, we heard of somebody in the community who, who, who couldn't afford oil and couldn't afford firewood. We have a wood ministry, and that's what it's for. So we loaded up a couple of trailers full of firewood to give to this family so they could heat their house. If you know somebody that heats with wood, we will help them. Just let us know. We won't let them go cold. If they heat with oil or something else, we can help there too. All right? We have a clothes ministry, clothes closet, you know, where people bring their gently used clothes and they, they give them to us. And then we have a shopping day, a free shopping day. Uh, which is, tries to honor 
and, and bring dignity to those who are in need and need some help with clothing. It's an amazing gift. You're generous in so many ways. We asked you to be generous by sharing Christ, and you do. You bring people to hear the good news of Jesus, and that, that is awesome. Uh, a few years ago, we did something uh, that some people may have thought we were crazy, but we said we're going to help start another church, plant a daughter church. And so we did in Windsor, Connecticut. It's called uh, Christ Proclamation Church. And we asked our congregation to pray for this new church because we wanted to bring the gospel to Windsor. But we asked not only to pray for them, but we said we're going to give financially to support this church from our resources as a church. And we're even at, we even asked our congregation to pray about going and being a part of that new church. I got to attend the installation of their elders this week, and that was exciting. What I also have recently discovered is through the generosity of our church and other churches, they were able to buy a building, and so now they have a church in Windsor on the east side of uh, I-91 to, yeah, to where they're holding services right now. Rosaria Butterfield is a follower of Jesus, an author, and a pastor's wife. And uh, she writes in her book, Openness Unhindered, about something that happened to her and her family. Um, they, they, they had thieves break in. They stole uh, her mother's precious heirloom jewelry that was priceless to her. They beat up the family dog, and they ransacked the house. And, and she writes, you know, we were in a state of shock. Uh, my kid's anxiety rocketed through the roof. Uh, we had been robbed, but we said, you know what? As hard as it was, as it seemed like a test, we knew that God was with us. And so we proclaimed publicly what had happened to us privately. We weren't looking for handouts, but we said we wanted to reach out to our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our church family, and, and to our neighbors and say, you know what? We've had some hardship, but we want to connect. And so her husband, Kent, a pastor, uh, sent out to everybody in their church and to everybody in their neighborhood to uh, come to their house the next afternoon at 3 o'clock, and they were going to have a barbecue, hamburgers and hot dogs and fun for everybody. Now, guys, you won't understand this. He invited all those people to come over on Mother's Day spontaneously invited 300 people to come and have hot dogs and hamburgers at her house. And she said, you know, it was amazing what God did. You know, people gathered around and loved on us and prayed for us and support us, but also some of our neighbors who didn't know a thing about Jesus. We got to say that, you know, despite this personal tragedy, God is good. God is caring for us. And, you know, he said this. He said, the robbers took stuff but not things of eternal value. They didn't take God's word, and they didn't take any souls either. Praise God. An Acts 2 church takes care of needs. Here's the second thing an Acts 2 church does. It excels in giving. As an Acts 2 follower of Jesus, as a follower of Christ, as we see in the book of Acts, we understand that we need to excel in giving. The Apostle Paul wrote in the second letter of Corinthians, he wrote to the, the Christians who were in Macedonia. This is a part of modern-day Turkey. And this is what he said. Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial. 
Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they, ur- they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this, this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. And then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus just as he had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion the act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Here's what you need to know contextually. The Macedonian church, modern-day Turkey, and the Jerusalem church, which Paul was raising the money for, were two of the most persecuted churches in the first century. Particularly in Jerusalem, they were persecuted because these were followers of Jesus who openly met and proclaimed that Jesus is the Messiah. So uh, there was bias and prejudice. They might not have been literally being persecuted by physically being beaten up, and they may have, but there was also persecution against them, economic persecution, where where they were kept away from uh, economic systems and, and environments and jobs and resources like that. So the same thing was happening in Macedonia, and they didn't have a lot to give. But Paul said they gave, and they gave more than they could afford to give. They gave sacrificially. They excelled in the grace of giving. So with that example, Paul turned to the Corinthians and said, now I want you to excel in the grace of giving. Theologian uh, Heiko Oberman tells this story about generosity in a poor rural church in China. He said, a few years ago, I had the opportunity to go with a group to Nanjing, China. And on one Sunday, we visited various churches in the city. And an older Chinese woman who had come with us from Los Angeles chose to uh, visit a church across the river from Nanjing. It was a poor church composed of farmers. Uh, The 900 people who were present for the service that day wanted to hear a word from their sister in Christ from the United States. So spontaneously, Mrs. Chang got up and she brought greetings from her church in Los Angeles. And she shared with them what the Lord was doing, how the Lord had added many people who had come to faith in Christ to their church and how because of this growth, now they were currently building a large new addition to their church. And then after a word of blessing for the church there in China, she took her seat. At the close of the worship service, Mrs. Chang was called back to the front. The pastor said her words had thrilled these Chinese farmers and their families. And they wanted her to have the morning offering to help with the new building in Los Angeles. It was about $140. When their overflowing joy welled up in generosity, those followers of Jesus gave beyond their ability. We have to contextualize this and understand. Here's a developing world group of people 
giving to Christians in a church in Los Angeles. They gave everything they had that day. Acts 2 churches and Acts 2 followers of Jesus excel in the grace of giving. Here's the third thing we need to know. An Acts 2 church is generous in every way. Is generous in every way. The Apostle Paul writes to his protege, Timothy, and this is what he says. Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life. That is truly life. Here's my definition of generosity. Generosity is serving and giving like Jesus with our time, our talent, our treasure, and our touch. Now, I'm not being creepy when I say touch. All right, I'm talking about care. All right, if you're going to care for people, that's your touch. All right, we have to be generous with that. So this scripture commands those who are rich in the world not to put their trust in money, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and to share. So it begs the question, who is rich? Uh, You're probably saying, well, I'm not rich. I mean, let's be honest. We're going, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not rich. I understand what you're saying. I'm guilty of the same thinking. I'm going to ask the AV team to put, put up uh, something on the, on the screen. I hope you've erased the number, by the way. Um, this is a website, globalrichlist.com. I encourage you to write that down. I encourage you to go there and uh, have your mind expanded. All right? So uh, this is a website where you can find out where your income ranks you with the rest of everybody in the world and their income, okay? So I played around a little bit with it, and I'm going to ask them to put a number in, $32,400. All right, go ahead and show me the results. If your take-home pay is $32,400 or more, you're in the top 10% of the richest people in the world. Excuse me. (laughs) Top 1%. Top 1%. As soon as I said it, I knew I'd screwed up. So top 1%. Hey, look, go on and play. I mean, I I had some fun playing around. You know, I think it was uh, $4,000. If your annual take-home pay is $4,000, you're still in uh, in the top uh, 25%. Of everybody in the world, okay? So who's rich? Paul says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So let me say something that's very challenging about generosity. For the follower of Jesus, your generosity or your lack of generosity says a great deal about how much you trust God. 
My generosity and my lack of generosity says a whole lot about how much I trust God. Do you trust God to be the Lord over all your life, your time, your talent, your treasure, your touch? If you trust him, then be generous like God is generous. So let me just press on the obvious button there. Uh, the most sensitive area, generosity of our worldly financial treasure. You know, Scripture talks about tithing and, and being generous with our, our financial tre- treasure. We, we hold up that standard. We encourage all followers of Jesus to move toward the tithe. We ask all, all leaders to tithe or be actively working toward the tithe. Tithing and being generous with your financial treasure is about two things. First and foremost, it's about trusting God to be your provider. It's about trusting God to be your provider. Second, it's about bringing every area of your life, including every area of your finances, under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And every Christ follower needs to bring everything, including your checkbook, under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So Acts 2 Christians and churches are generous in every way. I'm going to invite the worship team up to get ready for a song. In, in your bulletin, I said you were going to need a pen, and you had a little uh, half sheet like this uh, insert, and I, I want you to take it out. Um, this is an opportunity, and look, this is not a complete list of things that you could say I will generously give my time or my talent. I think a lot of people are going to want to sign up for the Nerf Wars under student ministries, but uh, uh, you know, we, can probably, we can only have so many, okay? But, but, but here's the deal. You know, God has called us. He, he has blessed you with your time, with your talents, with your treasure, and with your touch. And, and God wants to use you in the body of Christ for his glory and to grow the kingdom of God to reach more people for Jesus. So I want to challenge you. You know, if you call Valley Brook your church home, if you don't call Valley Brook your church home, wherever you call your church home, I want to challenge you as being part of the body of Christ. Will you spend some time in prayer right now and say, God, where do you want me to invest my time? God, I know you've given me this passion, these talents, these abilities. God, how do you want me to to use them to grow your kingdom? God, you've blessed me with treasure more than 99% of the rest of the world. How can I honor you with that? And God, you've given me the ability to care for people and touch lives. How do you want me to do that? So look, there's a couple of places there where you can circle where you'd be willing to use your time or your talent. If you have Nerf gun war talent, you ought to circle that, okay? Um, Put your name on it, your contact, and I promise you our leaders will will follow up with you. Test your Nerf gun skills. So, um, but where can you use your time? You know, we provide meals for people when they come out of the hospital or when they have a baby. Maybe you could be a part of that. Write that down there. It's not on the list. Write it down there. You know, maybe you want to help 
cut firewood. That's not on the list. Write it down there. Maybe God's given you something. You say, Clark, I don't know what to do with this talent, this passion, but here. And you know what? I will follow up with you if you say, God, I want to use this for your glory. So I'm going to pray, and then uh, the band's going to play a song. And during that time, I want you to make an offering to God of your time, of your talent, of your treasure, of your touch. And if you want to record anything down there, please do so. That's my challenge, to go, to be open about it with God. Write it on there. And then when we leave today and you pass by the offering baskets, you put that in the basket. That's your offering to God. You're generous giving God. So bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray. And then after I finish praying, you can talk to God about what you're going to write down. God, you are the giver of all good things. You are the giver of life and eternal life. Lord, you have blessed us in ways that are beyond our comprehension. And we love you for that. We we are amazed by that. It uh, boggles our mind. And Lord, you've called us sons and daughters. As your sons and daughters, I know you want more from us it'll bless us. As Jesus said, there's more blessing in giving than in receiving. So Lord, speak to each and every one of us during this time. We have been given so much and we want to give it all to you. In Jesus' name. Please be seated. Before I forget to say, as we bring our service to a close here. There will be prayer teams up. If you want to pray with somebody, we'd love to pray with you. So please know that if you want that after the service, you can come up. As I mentioned about our daughter church, Christ Proclamation Church has their own building. They installed elders last week. You who have been here for a while may have known that we sent families to go and be a part of that. And I I had the honor and the privilege to be at the installation service of somebody who came from Valleybrook, uh, Christoph Heider. So if you know him, uh, he he is an elder now at Christ Proclamation Church. So we're just thrilled about that. You you know, as a church, we believe it's important to uh, raise up leaders. And we also believe it's important to share. And and God has, has demonstrated to me all my life that generosity It's not just personal. Sometimes it comes from the body of Christ. And so I'm going to invite Corey and Alicia Unger up and their kids to come up. Uh, Corey's been a leader here. He's been an elder here at church. And uh, he shared with us and the board of elders that he sent a call to go to Hartford. Uh, Hartford's an area of ministry that uh, we believe needs to hear the gospel. It's in our own backyard. We've been doing mission work down there for years. And and when Corey came and shared that with us, we said, well, you know, we, we can't argue with what God wants to do. Um, so they've asked us to release them to go to Hartford and to serve in one of the churches and uh, to, to attend one of the churches in our movement of churches down there. And we said we would, and, and, but we want to send you off with our blessing because we love you, because you're part of us. You, uh, you have been such servants to our church over your years with us. You have given up your time and your talent and your energy, your treasure and your touch, and we've been blessed. And we want to honor you as a family, and we want to pray for God's blessing on you, and we want to say thank you for everything you've done. So I'm going to invite you, uh, those of you who know and love the Ungers, uh, our elders, to come forward. I'm going to invite the Ungers to come out here a little bit in the middle, and I want you to lay hands on them as we pray for them and, and send them off with a blessing because we love them. They're our brothers and our sisters, and we want to bless them. We have a generous God who calls us to be generous in response 
And, and so we want to do that. And, and after our prayer time, I'll, I'll close the service. But as I said, the prayer teams will be up here. And I encourage everybody to go out into the cafe and connect with each other and to, uh, to bless one another. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Corey and Alicia and their kids. Lord, we thank you for uh, what they have given to us over their years with us. And Lord, as they head to Hartford, we uh, bless them. We honor them. We thank them. And Lord, we thank you for all that they've done. And we ask, Lord, that you would use them in Hartford, Lord, a place that we just desire to see the gospel spread more and more. And so, Lord, we pray for what you're going to do in Hartford and what you're going to do in them. So, Lord, bless them, guide them. Lord, as they go, let, uh, let them know that they go with our love and with our prayers. And, Lord, we look forward to seeing what you're going to do. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you all. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.